0: On today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together.
1: example, of you're dating and this person is healthy, they're secure, they're chill, you know what I'm saying? They got a whole vibe that ain't got nothing to do with drama and trauma. You will not be attracted to them. Because it's boring. It's boring. That activation, that stress that you have associated with love then becomes your ideal experience of what love is for you.
0: This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together with Ursula B. All right, tonight is going to be very good. I wanna say this is the last, this is the last show of the year. It sure is. So, wow, talk about going out with the bang. I just, just dawned on me. So this is great. We're talking a lot about detoxing, but we're gonna talk about detoxing relationships as well. But before we do that,
2: let me get this intro This little queen, sisters manifesting their dreams Get your cream by any means and be with self-esteem be supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka, Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting close to God, huh? crunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss, goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic. melanin and popping, whether you ratchet or lavish. Whether you bougie a savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to
1: the
0: last episode of 2022 this is some good stuff we are going to talk about relationship detox um this time of year a lot of people including myself talk about detoxing our homes to welcome in the new we detox our closets we detox our kitchen cabinets we're making room for everything all these good new things that are good for our spirit but they're external so now we talk about detoxing our in, our insides, you know, meditating, self-love and all that good frou-frou stuff. But tonight we're going to get down to the core of how to detox. So along with the closets and the homes, let's detox some of these relationships that we've been in that we know are not good for us. But we're going to do it in love, compassion and understanding. I have one of my favorite people, As a special guest on my pod, as well as one of my favorite people on this planet, her name is Sarita Yvonne, and I'm going to bring her right out right now.
1: (laughs) Hello. How you doing? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here for your last episode of the year.
0: Yeah, it literally just dawned on me because I'm thinking about next episode. Wait, Wait a minute. This is the last one. So this makes it extra special. Mm. (laughs) What a treat. Yes, it is. Mini me. (laughs) That was cute. (laughs) It's like a mirror. So tonight, again, we will talk about relationships and detox. What are your thoughts on uh, having a detox from toxic relationships? Mm. Overall, we'll get into the details, but overall, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Overall, I think, you know, everyone has this idea about toxic relationships. Most people have been in one. There's a lot of conversation on the internet about them. And really, when you are detoxing your relationships, what you're really doing is reconnecting your relationship with yourself, because that's what gets lost in toxic relationships, is you. And we'll get more into that throughout this episode.
0: Yes. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about codependency. And because this is a solution-based podcast, I'm also going to share Sarita with you. She's going to give us some tools, some tips, some insight on how we can do a true detox. All right. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I'm down for that. I love it.
0: (laughs) And I think everyone else will too. I think so too. So Let's get into it. What, how would you define a toxic
1: relationship? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question. I think um, <clears throat> there can be many definitions of a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most important and most powerful definitions is a relationship where your needs aren't being met, where you are devalued, disrespected, and invalidated.
0: Unfortunately, that sounds familiar. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've done it. Been there, done that. Yeah.
0: And You know, not. A, I've been on both sides of it, but leaning more towards one side than the other, which, yeah. But that's why I am in your class, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about codependency. And how would you describe that overall before we get deep into what codependency is?
1: I think there are typically codependent aspects to most toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have heard of the definition of codependency. There isn't one particular like um, psychological definition of codependency right. because the word actually came from um understanding relationship dynamics for with with alcoholics so the idea of being codependent really means that you are an enabler so you can enable substances you can enable bad behavior you can enable disrespect you can enable manipulation and we do this consciously and unconsciously based on who we are what we learned in our childhood trauma and so, with, with codependence, they typically have a deep fear, and most of the time they're not even conscious of it, that their partner will leave them. So, they jump through all kinds of hoops. They save, they rescue, they help, they suppress themselves, they deny their own feelings, they invalidate their own needs um, for the sake of a relationship. It sounds fear based. It absolutely is fear based. And it's so interesting that you brought that up because when we think about relationships, relationships are the one thing where we're supposed to receive our nourishment, where we are, you know, supposed to have this connection that we as human beings desire. Right. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of us find ourselves in relationships not out of love, but out of fear. Fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of being alone fear of being shamed or feeling ashamed, Um, fear of our own deep insecurities or worthlessness. And so we use relationships in order to really remain disconnected from ourselves. Can
0: we back up a little, what did you mean by the rejection part?
1: Fear of rejection? Yeah. Um, So with fear of rejection, that is an absolutely, uh, I would say most always, usually tied to some childhood wound, because when you think about a child, let's, for example, who was neglected, and I don't mean, you know, a child that had their, they had had three meals a day, had a roof over their head, they were cared for, but emotionally, emotionally, they were never nurtured. They were never validated. They were never respected. Feelings were not something that was even acknowledged or talked about. Mm -hmm. And so if you are invalidated emotionally, emotionally, that amounts to emotional abandonment. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, in this case, the child is constantly being rejected. When I say rejected, I mean your real self. So who you are. Mm -hmm. When you have your natural human emotions, your natural reactions, your natural curiosity, your natural ability to ask questions or tell the truth, tell what's going on in your home, all of these things, if you are shut down, shamed or invalidated, that amounts to being rejected for who you are, for what you think, what you believe.
0: Okay. And as you're talking, I can hear some of the sayings that we all grew up hearing, uh, Children are seen and not heard. Go to your room, be quiet, you'll be all right. Yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Now I'm nobody
1: cares, nobody cares if you cry, the world don't care.
0: Yeah, you'll be all right. Hey, Candy, how are you, lovely? All the way from California, yay. So, what are some other um statements? I remember in class you talked about. Um, What was it, Um, the if only statements in Uh, relationships?
1: So one of the ways that we end up staying or maintaining toxic relationships is we develop a fantasy, this story of what we think the relationship can be, not based on who the person is, not based on how they act or their capacity or their willingness, based on this uh, script that you've made up. Mm. And we do that as children. We do that as a way of escaping. We do that as a way of surviving. The problem is that once we've survived the initial trauma, that now has become our way of dealing with relationships, especially when it gets uncomfortable, especially when the, uh, if there's any sign of trouble or Mm. if, that the relationship will end or the partner will leave, we can enact our own script. This is how we get so good at ignoring red flags that we later can recognize all of the things that you saw but ignored, but you can recall. <laughs> and that's, because, that's exactly what we do because afterwards we can we can have a running list in our heads of all the things that we witnessed or experienced or felt in a toxic relationship. So you Mm -hmm. knew what you knew, even though you decided not to know what you know, so that you can pretend to know what is not true. (laughs) And yeah. So the fantasy, the story is an important part of what we do to ourselves. Or the yes.
0: you know what? I'm gonna date cause I see the potential in him or her.
1: that's it. That's it. That means that if we ever if we ever are saying potential, then mm-hmm. you know that you're activating a story. You know that right there, you're getting into a fantasy because you're not accepting the person for who they are right now. You are dating them based on the way that you think you can change them. mm in a way that you believe will make you happier or more more fulfilled. Susana. So this is
0: this is a great segue. And before I lean into that, anyone listening, please drop in the comment section what state, or what city state that you are tuning in from. I want to hear from you and if it's a recall, make sure and type recall a uh, replay, excuse me, in the chat box. So, back to this potential, can we talk more about the manipulation of
1: it the manipulation of it yeah I mean, the manipulation of of wanting to see the
0: fantasy or believing in the fantasy but not in the person not the reality that's what I'm trying to say so we create these situations and our benefit to make the relationship last
1: so with the fantasy, it's basically called a fantasy bond. And with a fantasy bond, hmm. um, <laughs> uh, just to give you more context and more understanding, when you think about the example that I just gave about a child who receives everything that they physically need, but emotionally they are invalidated, they are hurt, they are um, ignored, right? Mm-hmm the caregiver or the parent may see that relationship with the child as I know my child, I take care of my child, and they Mm. do. They are physically taking care of the child, right? Right. Remember, none of what I'm talking about is meant to shame or blame, but to understand fundamental human development, because we can't heal our toxic adult relationships without understanding how did we get here? Okay. Right, exactly. And so in that example that I gave about emotional abandonment, the child and the parent, they have a fantasy bond because there's no real vulnerability in that relationship. And the no parent. Yes, we're talking about attachment. So if your parent believes, if a parent and they typically do, if they are doing if they are meeting all of the child's physical needs and taking care of the child physically. The parent believes that I have a close relationship with my child. I know my child. Oh
0: my God.
1: I... But if if you don't know the child's inner world, if the child is never known for who they are, if the child is not able to openly express their actual authentic feelings, needs, wants, desires, if if the only focus is on the external, that's a fantasy. That's not a real deep, intimate secure relationship.
0: I never thought about it like that, but that's what you're here for. So there you go.
1: Listen, I've had to unravel this (laughs) for myself. And of course, really, you know, as a therapist to understand again, human development, how did we get here? Right. When you think about us as Black women for generations, you know, Black women, we had shit to do. We had our families erased. raised, we had other people's families erased. raised. You know what I'm saying? Black women have always, always worked. And so this idea to have the time and the energy to be able to give to your child everything that they need to meet their emotional needs, for many of us, for generations, that was not even an option, it was not a possibility because I have to raise you to be hard so that you could deal with this hostile world. I got to prepare you for danger. And we know that that's trauma. Because it's like, I'm preparing you now for the trauma that you are going to face in this world for the rest of your life. Mm. So these survivor skills helped us to survive. But in reality, they are also poisonous to intimate relationships.
0: It absolutely is. I'm going to read a couple of comments. Candy, this was a really good, it piggybacks on what you just said. Usually, the parent is replaying their own childhood trauma in the way they parent their children. This is why we heal to break generational curses.
1: That's, yeah, these are generational wounds. These are, it is generational trauma because I can only give to you what I have, what I know, what I learned.
0: Mm hmm. And she also said, yes, you're actually manipulating your partner to fulfill a childhood need that was not met, facts, and that you're replaying a toxic childhood dynamic and you're seeking a different ending this time with your partner.
1: That's repetition compulsion, the compulsion to repeat. Mm. We don't realize that when we are in these toxic relationships, it's called the hope for redemption. The hope that you know I can do it better, I can get it right if I just give enough, do enough, say the right thing that I can win their love. And we mm-hmm. don't recognize how much we are actually working, chasing, begging, nagging, and manipulating in order to try to win someone's attention, which at its very core is inauthentic.
0: Absolutely. It it is yeah, it really is because we put, it's like we, you know how we talk about in class about the Build-A-Man and how we mm-hmm. want it to look, but it goes back to that build a, that builder relationship
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, and it really, this is, this conversation is what Love University is built upon, and which is why I created it, because I not only knew I experienced it, I saw it in so many Black women and Black relationships Mm. so many of us and so when we are trying to build a boo you absolutely you can only do that through manipulation because a human being is a human being and they come with what they come with now whatever whatever is to be changed within them they have to do it right (laughs) and so you trying to do the changing it's difficult for people to acknowledge that because they feel like, well, I'm such a good person. I'm so loyal. You know, I'm a good woman. I'm a good man. I'm a good fill in the blank. And Mm. they think that they know better for the person or they know what's best, despite the fact that the person that you are dealing with and being with is not who you really want. Right. That's not who you want. Otherwise you wouldn't be trying to change him or manipulate.
0: And there it is. And there it is. So, okay. So let's talk about how we lose ourselves in relationships and what does it look like?
1: So you asked about codependency earlier and in order to have a codependent relationship or to be codependent, the rule number one is the denial of the self. You have to deny yourself. You have to suppress yourself. You have to betray yourself in order to be in a relationship with someone who invalidates your needs. So basically, you have to invalidate your needs first. And the person who you are with, they are just doing to you what you do to you. But often we don't see that. We see the sacrifices, something that is necessary, that relationships are paying, that we must, we must give in order to be valued. People don't even recognize that's trauma. That's not healthy human relationships. It is not. your question? <laughs> it
0: did, it did. And it creating, it's creating more questions. <laughs> <laughs> you, you even have somebody stopping from working. Candy said, I should be doing lives, but this conversation is so lit.
1: Hi, <laughs> I love it.
0: Oh wait, she said something else, let's see. People mirror to ourselves how we treat ourselves. This is so true. How you can tell a lot about a relationship or how a person feels about themselves if you look at their relationship and not the Instagram relationship, not the relationship we want our family and friends to see. But when those doors close at nighttime and you put your bonnet on, (laughs) that's when it, that's the real, real. And, um, you know, I've put that, well, now I can put the mirror in my face and see, you know, and put a pin in that. Let's talk about that tomorrow or whenever. <laughs> okay. it, it was from last night. Yeah, I was very, not well last night. From last. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't.
1: We had class last night for everybody who doesn't know what she's talking about and love university where it gets real, real, real. Because <laughs> that's what we're yeah.
0: doing, we're healing, we healing, yeah. yeah. And you know, I now that I'm thinking about it, I was putting a mirror to myself. Mm. Let me ground myself. I was putting a mirror to myself, and this the flood of thoughts that came in on how much and how many times I denied myself in relationships, but I also realized that. I saw that growing up, like the template was there. But when I was in it, the mirror, like what mirror? I'm throwing that, I'm throwing it away because that was a threat to the
1: relationship. Well, yes, that's our, your intuition, your knowing is absolutely a threat to the bullshit lies, fake fantasy relationship. (laughs) That is creating extreme pain within you. Yes, absolutely. Or I should say triggering extreme pain. See, here's the deal. When you talk about um, the mirror... this is why I'm always talking about human development because Mm -hmm. the truth is that our first relationship with our parents are so significant because that relationship, the dynamics of that relationship, the interactions in that relationship or what is missing in that relationship becomes your blueprint for how you love, for how you see yourself. It becomes a blueprint that can form your identity so most people do not know what the hell they're doing. They do not know the dysfunction that they are continuously participating in and mm-hmm. or attracting because it is who they are. It's based on your thinking patterns. Your beliefs mm-hmm. is based on things that you can recognize, but you don't because you've repressed it. You've shut it down. You've ignored because one of our primary ways that we survive painful experiences is denial. Mm. So you learn to deny yourself at a very young age, especially if you've experienced any kind of trauma. And so you are constantly doing that. Your feelings, your thoughts, um, your authenticity, you are constantly suppressing it. In order to get love, get attention, get validation, get recognition, to be seen. So, would denial be a form of
0: disassociation? I don't know. No. So,
1: no. Okay. it it there is an aspect of denial and disassociation.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: denial is a defense mechanism, and technically, this associate disassociation is too. Right. With disassociation, you really lose touch with reality. So meaning losing touch, meaning you there's a spectrum of disassociation. So you can become extremely distracted. You can procrastinate. You can uh, engage in binging, Netflix, TV, social media, sex, anything that you can use to distract yourself from whatever pain or uncomfortable feelings you can literally check out and lose time. With disassociation. Mm. That's a survival strategy that we have. And right. get through pain and anxiety with denial, it is a defense mechanism that usually operates unconsciously. See, we have the gift of forgetting that what we know <laughs> when it's too painful. It's like a buffer. So it Ooh. gives us time. Ooh, it's like, you know, it's like pressing the pause button. Ooh, we that's good. Time to deal. You know what I'm saying? Because shit might be happening in life right now. You can't deal with your childhood wounds or you can't deal with this person hurting you or rejecting you. You still got to you got to cope. You got to deal. Right. This is a dysfunctional coping mechanism, but it is. And so the denial. uh, So even like as a child, if your parent is hurting you or abusing you, you the, uh, the child will typically suppress and repress that until they recognize this is wrong because initially the child thinks I must be doing something. I'll try better. I'll do better. I must be bad. I must be defective. It's a natural response to any childhood trauma. And the thing is we continue that pattern of thinking that we are broken or defective because we've never really went back and looked at our story or owned our story.
0: Wow. You know, that made me think of, I know someone and they said that they actually convinced them. So one of their their parents was very um, emotionally and verbally abusive, and yeah. they convinced themselves that they deserved all of the words that that parent gave to them because they said that it made them a better person. But the that person and I know them. They didn't have. They weren't a. I hate to say a bad child, but they were they were a good child. But they convinced themselves that. And I've even, ooh, I've even said that before.
1: That's a part of coping. It's a strategy that all children use. Because you remember, your brain is developing. You Mm -hmm. don't have the capacity to sit through and process and be like, you know, it's not me. It's my parents. And they have childhood trauma. They're disrespectful. They have issues. And they're projecting it onto me. We're not doing that as kids. The only right. thing that you have kids think in black or white, it's concrete thinking, all or nothing. And so children typically think because of the way their brain is set up mm. that if there's a problem, it must be me. Because remember, our parents are gods to us, right? They give us food, shelter, clothing. They we can't survive without them. Mm. And so that strategy is a survival strategy. It's called idealizing. You idealize your parents so that you can maintain that relationship, that bond, the fantasy bond. Right. So that you can live. <laughs> you can process it later. Shit. Right now you got to live because somebody got to feed you. <laughs> you got to, You got to eat now. You know what I'm saying? You got to stay warm. You need blankets. You know what I'm saying? Somebody got to take you to school. You can't take yourself to school. How you gonna get food? <laughs> Well? That is hilarious. That's hilarious.
0: Um, <laughs> let me read a couple of the comments. Uh,
1: Candy's so, on it today, ain't Oh, she?
0: Candy is not playing, and she has a wonderful podcast as well. And she talks a lot about self love, so she gets it. She said, "Trauma, drama, chaos, and dysfunction become normalized, and our brains have to make it normal so that you do not go crazy at a young age." And we were taught to love ourselves without conditions. Ooh. And um, in that person's mind, it's easier to blame yourself. Yes. Blame yourself than to believe that your mother doesn't love you. It's a way to protect themselves.
1: This sounds like Candy wants to be in on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a, that's a, I think a, obviously, you know that I agree. Um, And children don't typically have the capacity to even think like, oh, my mom doesn't love me in the way that adults think about it. We typically, you know, a child, that this is where the people, this is how we learn people pleasing. We will want to do better. We will absolutely even develop a mental illness in order to fit into the box. Meaning, yes, I'm meaning literally, because when you think about, especially a parent that is abusive Mm -hmm. in any kind of way, when you think about the child that has to survive those circumstances, how you have to, it's like you sacrifice yourself, your own childhood, your own freedom, your own innocence to actually study the parent. Oh, my God. I have to know their tone of voice, have to know their facial expressions. I have to be prepared when I hear the key or the doorknob. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I have to know like what day if there's a particular day of the week that something happens, if they're drinking on the weekend. Then it's like you have to be aware of all of the patterns and all of the expectations that the parent puts on you so that you can decrease the likelihood of being hurt. Absolutely. So whether that's being good, whether that's being invisible, or whether that's becoming who your parents approve of, mm. which can be so detrimental to the soul because you have to become the very thing that you hate. You know what I'm saying? The very thing that is hurting you, you become that in order to gain this dysfunctional-ass love. Fantasy. That something that fantasy. fantasy. Thank you so I love that. Thank you.
0: You saw that? Yeah.
1: Yes, I love it. I love it. From one dope teacher to another. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I want to piggyback on this comment from Candy. And I just, here it is. I really wish we could have streamed on my page. It's making me sad. I know. I'm going to get it to you. I promise. Like ASAP. I am. Okay. Let's see. Here it is. That's why hot and cold and anxiety inducing relationships feels like love because that's what we learned love was as a child. And that sticks out a lot because someone is in that cold stage for at least 80% of that time, But then that 20%, well, they're nice and warm and cuddly. And I'm going to hold on to that. And that's going to override the other 80%. And then in relationships, it's the same thing. And I believe that's how you get those ebbs and flow. well, those really deep, deep valleys, pits and valleys, peaks and valleys, excuse me, in relationships. But it keeps us safe and we do lie to our oh create those font the fantasy bonds, as you say, with our partners,
1: and Just see the hot and cold becomes normal, so that yeah. becomes a part of your blueprint for relationships, and so your unconscious attraction will be to people who might have some narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies, who might be manipulators, because they are guaranteed to give you that hot and cold. And so when you have a parent who is not emotionally available, mm-hmm. uh, if that parent is inconsistent and unpredictable, then that means they're not safe. And that means that if they're not safe, that your nervous system is constantly on high alert. This is what people say when they talk about walking on eggshells. And so this experience of constantly having to be aware to, you know, be prepared for anything, the Nervous system becomes accustomed to that. So, when you are, meet a person, if, if you're, let's say, for example, if you're dating and this person is healthy, they're secure, they're chill, you know what I'm saying? They got a whole vibe that ain't got nothing to do with drama and trauma. You will not be attracted to them. Because it's boring. It's boring. That activation, that stress that you have associated with love then becomes your ideal experience of what love is for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and it it does
0: become boring and it'll be the healthiest thing for us. The most secure, healthiest relationship for us. Um, Yes, we will adopt to their dysfunction in order to belong. That's why people who... I can't see that. Individuate from their toxic families become the enemy and their healing no longer fits in the dysfunction. Yes. That goes back to the disruptors that we've talked about, Sarita.
1: (laughs) You said that goes back to what?
0: The disruptors. Remember that
1: conversation? Yes, 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 yes. And I think, well, you know, that's what I'm all about is disrupting the patterns, disrupting these generational patterns that we, we will, we might call parenting. <laughs> we might call it a relationship, but it's, but it's like, no boo, that's dysfunction. Right. And you know what? Anyone listening to my voice,
0: cause there's a lot of people out there. We're not going into 2023 or any other day with this struggle love. We're done with that. We don't want that anymore. That's not where it's at. We want some calmness and some peace. Definitely. I want to talk about drama triangles and codependency. Okay. That was something that was in class that really raised my attention a lot.
1: So, okay. Now, I'm trying to think about how much of this backstory I need to give to in order for everyone to explain or understand uh, what codependency is and uh, what the drama triangle triangle is. So I talked a little bit earlier about codependency and this um, the first the foundational rule of codependency is the denial of the self. And so when you are abandoning you in order to be in a relationship well, how does a relationship even, you know, how do you maintain a relationship if you're not in the fucking relationship? How, right. does, how do we do this? How do we keep a person close? How do we enable behaviors, bad behaviors? Mm. Well, we do that through the drama triangle, because really, when you think about a codependent person, a person who has a lot of fear of abandonment, a person who um, saves and rescues or they martyr themselves in order to um, keep a partner or attract a partner. Well, in relationships like this, there's no real vulnerability. There's no real intimacy. So the way that we, the relationship is maintained is through drama. And we call that The drama triangle, and this has been coined um, by a psychologist. I think his name is Katman, if I can remember off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But in this triangle, codependents um, play each of these roles as a way of low key getting their needs met without having to directly ask, demand, set boundaries or use their voice. So the first role in the drama triangle is the rescuer. So with the rescuer, this is when we save, when we help. We're like, I'll do it. (laughs) We, uh, you know, we call ourselves just being a good person. We intervene on people and their growth by the truth is there are parts of us that need to be needed. Mm. And we will position ourselves, whether a person needs or wants it or not, in order to create or maintain a connection. So once we're in this Whatever type of relationship it is, whether it's a friendship, intimate relationship, work relationship, all of these can contain or the drama triangle can apply to any of these types of relationships. And so what happens is because we're saving and we're doing and we're absolutely keeping tabs and receipts on every damn thing we do because we need all of that in order to manipulate. (laughs) All of the giving, all the throwing out of sacrifice and all of the Huh? In order to manipulate, and we will we will pull out those receipts or spreadsheets at any time that's necessary, honey. Not the spreadsheet. agenda. We keep fucking spreadsheets with all the tabs filled up, how many dollars you spent, how many hours you spent, how many times you went somewhere you ain't want to go or did something you ain't want to do because you want to make them happy and still they're not happy enough to give you what you want. But anyway, so once we once we do the saving and rescuing, and we move to the persecutor. See, that's what the persecutor persecutor will use all that all that paraphernalia I just talked about. We will criticize, we can demean, and we absolutely can control. Because see, a codependent is wonderful and so insofar and as they're loyal, they're dependable, they they will make shit happen and move mountains, but always be controlling. Mm. We we control and it's something that is difficult because we We'll tell ourselves and everyone else that we're doing it out of love. We're doing it because we care. Right. We're doing it to get our needs met, but that's, that's something that we don't like to tell the truth about. And when we don't get whatever it is that we want or what we think we should get or what we think should be guaranteed from all of our labor, we will persecute. We will go there and use everything we can as a weapon against the individual or the partner in order to basically guilt them, emotionally blackmail them, so that they can recognize all of your sacrifices and they can see how they are ungrateful and unappreciative, how they should be more loving, they should fill in the blank whatever it is you think you need. Right. And when they don't, you get to be the victim. People going to click off when they hear this shit because don't nobody like this. Part, but it's, it's, this is shit that's going to set you free. OK, you talk about I'm gonna pray about it. No, what you need to do is tell yourself the truth about you. Exactly. And so when we we play that victim and we do. And no one cares about me. They don't appreciate me. I do everything for everyone and I can't depend on anybody. Of course, you can't depend on nobody because you don't trust no damn body. You don't want to tell nobody your business. You want to appear strong. You're the one doing everything and you don't know how to receive help. But I digress. okay? because we don't like to tell the truth about the flip side. okay? so when we when we are in the victim role, that is how we control and manipulate. And see, a lot of us, especially superwomen, remember, one of the rules of the superwomen is to deny your own needs. You, Absolutely. Will, you are resistant to vulnerability. So if I'm resistant to vulnerability and I think vulnerability is weakness, I'm never going to show you who I truly am or what I really feel. So I'm using the drama in order to maintain this relationship and to connect with you. Because I ain't got no boundaries. I ain't respecting your boundaries. I'm not telling the truth. You ain't telling the truth and then we wonder why the relationship is toxic and we feel like everyone is doing something to us. Right. Really to you. Okay, sometimes somebody might be somebody might be doing something to you, but ain't nobody doing none to you. <laughs> because a lot of times you are doing it to yourself. And that's difficult to admit, but I know because I lived it. Okay, for a yeah. long time. And I was wondering like why if I get a new penis it's the same pattern. Ain't shit changed. Exactly. That's because I didn't change. I didn't understand who I was and what I was thinking and what I believed about love so that I could change the pattern. Mm. A lot of us play victim. And that keeps us in denial because we never, and that's another tool we keep from looking at ourselves. Because in denial. If we're a victim the drama triangle using the drama triangle keeps you in denial if you are playing a role because if I'm in the drama of it all how am I practicing self-awareness you can't you can't you can't because if you do
0: then the relationship is done yeah it's done uh, Candy says she loves the way you're breaking down a drama triangle, particularly as the one person playing all the roles.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's That's the real. drama. This is how we enable people and bad behavior. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> she also said this breeds resentment, girl. Yes. Which is the persecutor, which breeds resentment because we never set boundaries in order to manipulate people into owning owing us the love and validation that we seek from them instead of from ourselves
1: if we are in the drama triangle we usually have some resentment some bitterness and a lot of anger and we will project all of that onto the other person and make them responsible we'll say that if they only did those are your if only statements If you only did this, if you only did that. And I know because I felt like I was smarter than most of the people I was dating. I'm like, okay, I know better for you what you need to be doing. So you need to just listen to me. (laughs) Because if you wanna, if if you want better, then I'm your girl. I'm gonna help you get better. (laughs) This is what you want. I'm gonna give you what you want, but they like, I don't want that. (laughs) And then I'm like, what's wrong with you? how dare you not want to improve to become the person that i think you need to be oh how dare God. you you're like you're ungrateful
0: you're <laughs> like a one woman drama triangle show you just broke but it all the way
1: down that's what we're doing that's what we're doing it's like you don't want to be who i want you to be because i feel like that's better for you that's better for us duh <laughs> but But the truth is, people say that they help people with potential, and this is really going to hurt, too. You're probably going to get a drop off after I say this. Because then some have dropped off. There absolutely are relationships where people say that they're trying to help this person reach their potential. Two things that's going to hurt, okay? I love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. One is, you spend so much time, energy, money, resources trying to help other people reach their potential that you ain't got no damn energy or self worth left to accomplish your own. Okay. Wow. So you so busy focused on the other people. Why? What, 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 when you got time for your purpose, what you doing for you, this, this thing that you've been called to do that you've been talking about forever. You ain't got no energy because you're too busy into the drama. That's number one. Number two, did I forget did it leave no come back come back (laughs) come back and we wonder
0: why we're so tired at the end of a relationship yes this
1: is it if you don't have oh this is what I was going to say when with all the drama Mm -hmm. some people And yes, I'm going to say women a lot. There are plenty of women out here who say they want to help the person reach their potential. Mm -hmm. But if the person actually does, if if the woman has not. And this is where it applies to really any human beings. But I know our audience is mostly women. If she does not do her work during that time within the relationship, she will not know how to fucking deal with this fully actualized human being who has agency who has their voice, who does not need you. Why do you say she wouldn't know how to deal? Meaning because her her purpose
0: would be gone? Because they are fully agency with
1: themselves? If I need to be needed based on how I learned to love, how am I going to be with a motherfucker who don't need me? Right. How do I deal? What do I do? Because I'm used to doing. What do I do? That goes back to, if you don't need me, you don't love me. You don't love me. And even when we're calling ourselves, trying to help people become better and, you know, live their potential and realize their potential, we will unconsciously undermine that. Mm. We will enable and get in the fucking way. Yeah. And truthfully, if everybody's talking about narcissism and supply, it's hard to admit that you too need supply. Because if you need to be needed, somebody got to fucking need you.
0: Oh, that goes
1: back to what you
0: call—what was it—the
1: co-narcissist? That's it. Ah, that it. that's it a co-narcissist. Just, that is. That is. It and that's uh, some it. people gonna top off again. They are gonna be like, I can't stand this. <laughs> Say this, bitch. She you know too much. She's telling all my business. I I ain't ready for this. Let me go read the Bible. <laughs> and all the numbers gone
0: down to zero. <laughs> Girl, don't mess with that. Oh my God. Ooh. Yes, was, that's difficult.
1: Verse doesn't
0: fix it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't make sense.
1: Listen, i suppose get down to that core. Either you're going to realize the God in you or not. <laughs> you you got to read. You got to connect with that. You got to become that. You got to transform that. So you all you want to do is read. I mean, that is your business and I support that. But the reality is you still got to apply. Because it does show up. It's always going to show up in every relationship, including your relationship with God.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I have a... um that infographic we'll do love addiction another time how about
2: that
0: (laughs) I mean I will get down to it because I'm ready to go but I do realize so you let me know we
1: can go into the love addiction or we can do a part two later on well we let's do a part two because that can be a wonderful full conversation and I don't think it will do it justice to talk about it for 15 minutes
0: And if you all want Sarita to come back for part two, drop a, drop a number one in the comment section. And while they do that, I am going to pull up that infographic on the codependency. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the relationship detox. Okay. So these are signs of a codependent relationship. I'll read them off in, um, you can like we you. always
1: do go ahead all
0: right here we go there is a lack of genuine and honest communication
1: lies denial <laughs> bullshit <laughs> oh let me give y'all okay i don't mean to give it to y'all that rough you know I, we say i'm I'm not gonna give the whole nine so let me just put the tip in let me just say Girl, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the
0: wait there we go it's the end of the year this is the last show of the year
1: Okay, I'll tell the truth then.
0: You're <laughs> so, the ma'am. Ain't no I no sugar, Tony. Okay. So. A, wait, there we go. You need approval <laughs> from your partner. This is another sign of codependent relationship.
1: So basically, you're looking for external validation. Your partner is determining your worth, not you. Ouch. All I... right. Number three, self-care becomes selfish. Oh my God, yes. We will feel, see, when we have some codependent tendencies, we will feel guilty in taking care of ourselves, doing anything for ourselves. We feel like um, it's more important. We will tell ourselves, that's the story. It's more important to care for other people. But the truth is that we will do for other people in order to avoid our own guilt. We're trying to escape our own feelings rather than address. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck you feel guilty for being a human being, having human needs, taking care of you so that you can live, so that you can give to other people without mm-hmm. exhaustion? Mm-hmm. You gotta look mm-hmm. at yourself. Go ahead. You feel the need to save them from themselves when really you're using them to. See, you're really <laughs> using them. To avoid saving yourself, okay? And that's the rescue. When I talked about the drama triangle, that's the rescue. Like you are attempting, you call yourself saving or giving or doing, but it's really you putting yourself in the position to be needed. Mm.
0: That went down to the base. You have a hard time making your own decisions.
1: You don't know who you are. You don't mm-hmm. know who you are and that's trauma. I know because I've been on a whole journey trying to figure out who I am, honey, and it was difficult, but it was real and it was necessary. You don't know who you are because you've always been a chameleon to make other people happy.
0: Oh, my God. The people pleaser. Ugh. I, You feel like you can't say no. Which means boundaries. you feel like you can't
1: set no damn boundaries.
0: Yeah. You have abandonment issues.
1: Oh, and let me just say, if you feel like you can't set boundaries, then usually there are some worthiness or defectiveness core beliefs that you need to address, and I can help you with that. Abandonment issues, fear—like we talked about Mm earlier—fear of being left, fear of being abandoned, fear of being rejected, fear. So that means that it's fear-based relationship, not love. Okay.
0: So the the one we just read, and this one about having trouble being alone, this. To me, it sounds like very high anxiety.
1: Yes. Oh, so high anxiety can come to the surface, but really we're talking about um, attachment wounds. So Mm. that having trouble being alone, first of all, uh, when we're alone, usually that's when all the stuff that we've worked really hard to avoid comes to the surface. And so... Any insecurities, feelings of unworthiness, all of the fear we just talked about, feeling unlovable, coming to the surface. Women, a lot in our culture, women are taught that, you know, you have no value unless you are attached to a man. So all of these things are coming to the surface. If you don't like being alone, it means like you don't like your own damn company. You expect someone else to like being with you? I'm just saying, I've done it. Yeah, and (laughs) that's a good point because you watch some shows,
0: and like some of these reality shows, and well, what does she mean? She doesn't even have a man. So then you're
1: ashamed for it. That that's it. And people will get into and stay in relationship just because they they don't even recognize they've taken on these beliefs that their value is based on having a seat filler. And I know because I had issues with being alone. I'm like, oh, I'm single. Oh, <laughs> it, it was always time to re up. Anytime that I was single. It's all, it's always time to get on somebody's app, say hello to somebody, call somebody I used to know. <laughs> somebody's it's, not it's not because it's like you don't even you don't even give yourself time to process what happened in the last 15 relationships.
0: Oh no, because it's a band-aid. It's like we it, don't
1: have time you, for that. Just get another you, band-aid out you, the you, box. What'd you say? You know? I said, You ain't got time to be really working on your goals, going hard, because you're too busy trying to get someone to get hard. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to keep the i Go ahead.
0: You feel lost when you're not with that person.
1: Yeah, you again, you don't know who you are.
0: And you have low self. Who you self-esteem.
1: are is based on the relationship. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? No, so that's ahead. it. I said, Who you are is based on the relationship.
0: Mm hmm. You often cancel
1: plans with others to be with them. You have you don't know who you are. You don't have any. Go ahead, baby. You don't know who you are. Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead.
1: What were you about to say? If this sounds
0: familiar to anybody listening, just drop a one. And matter of fact, put a one in there for me. <laughs> put about five ones because this all sounds so familiar to me. I've experienced it. But if you've experienced it, drop it as well. Uh, let's see. You cannot set boundaries, which
1: goes back to the number six. You feel like you can't say no. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And see, some of us don't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know what the hell a boundary was. I didn't you know. know, we don't know about boundaries because our boundaries were never respected. You exactly. know, the natural way children set boundaries. So if your boundaries were constantly violated, what you, have, what you learn is that you cannot set boundaries or you're not deserving of boundaries or if you set boundaries people will get upset
0: yes it comes with the consequence yeah that's right 13 this is huge you feel trapped in the relationship
1: i think that speaks for itself
0: it does and you know when you definitely feel trapped especially if you do not have kids like there's nothing bonding you but the trauma bond. Yep. Woo, that says a lot. You feel anxious when you do not hear from them.
1: That's part of that fear of abandonment because you will ruminate and make up stories in your head about the worst possible scenario. They've been cheating with the president from the work the whole time. And you just coming up with all kinds of stories, which is based on your fear and based on your fear of rejection. And mm-hmm. so that's, you, you gotta know that, you know, people will be like, well, I just love them so much that you can love someone and wonder where they are. But if you become anxious, anytime you're apart, if you struggle with being alone, you're codependent or you have mm-hmm. codependent traits.
0: Mm-hmm. And you do that drive by,
1: you start doing things, you know, <laughs> thought about. Trying to check their text messages through the computer, (laughs) breaking into the phone, the password, every passcode, committing illegal activities. I've done a few of those things. (laughs) So, ain't no judgment here, honey.
0: No judgment at all. And the last one is you have a history of codependent or abusive relationships.
1: Absolutely. And I want to honor and respect and give love and validation to anyone who has been in an abusive relationship and even a codependent relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, our goal in this conversation. Yes, we laugh, yes, we make jokes. Um And yes, some of these things can be painful. And so I want to acknowledge you and honor you and encourage you and also to help you to understand the patterns. Because in order to be in an abusive relationship, there is what's called a cycle of violence, which means Mm -hmm. that there's a honeymoon stage, which is like love bombing. And that can feel very good, but it's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. And then there's a tension building phase where, um, you know, the tension is building. This person is usually doing a lot of projecting. They're expecting a lot of people pleasing. And then comes the phase where, you know, they are actually acting out, which afterwards they'll move right in back to that honeymoon stage. So in understanding the patterns and understanding the lack of boundaries or even the types of partners that you're picking or have picked in the past is so important for you to change uh, or transform the way that you relate and the people that you attract in your life. Because you deserve to have healthy, nourishing reciprocal relationships.
0: Oh, I love that. And you're right. We're not put on this earth to be in a high anxiety and always chasing. And I just want to be a true, secure love, right?
1: Yes. And the thing is, as we become adults, the real work is the journey back home to yourself. Is for you to become that secure person for yourself is for you to do the difficult and sometimes very painful self-reflection that will guarantee you your freedom. Mm,
0: That's beautiful. So before we close this, everyone listening, if you, if you celebrate any kind of holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, this is my gift to you. We're going to talk about the detox relationship. So, um, Sarita, I'll let you take over. And as you talk, I'm going to start dropping your links in the chat. Um, definitely I want you all to check out Sarita with the links that I dropped. And I'll let you take over.
1: Thank you. Um, so it's actually should have an SD talk my relationships. I was when I created this, I was thinking, do I need to put the S on it or not? Um, but I am creating a new program for women specifically, who want to really detox their relationships and learn how to appra- learn how to practice, excuse me, I'm getting so excited, unapologetic self-love. Yeah. And you've heard it throughout this conversation today, how toxic relationships can look, the patterns, um, the things that we do in order to attract people, uh, people who are toxic or painful. And so the truth is we got to learn how to do the work. We have to learn how to reconnect and rebuild our relationships with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you sign up now, you will get a special discount uh, when this drops. And it's going to drop in January. And I'm also going to teach a course within this program on love addiction. So you can get more into the roots of understanding How you got here, what your challenges are in relationships, why you settle, why it seems that the people that you meet cannot meet your needs. And so you probably can see just from this conversation a little bit about my style, about my seriousness, because I am a disruptor, okay? Because I'm all about disrupting these generational patterns, these generational traumas, and really the way that we are parenting our children through our trauma. And so I'm creating Ooh. something that is accessible in terms of finances for everyone. So if you want to get this special pricing, you need to sign up now. We are starting in January and I'm going deep. Okay. And so the first, um, thank you, Candy. I would love to have you. So, yeah. good. Just like that. <laughs> I know. It's going down. I was going to actually make it live for this podcast, like, go ahead and put the whole page out where people could sign up, but I decided that I wanted to give you a special gift and give you a workshop included in what you're already gonna get. So just sign up, you'll receive the details. I'm really looking forward to the changes and this program is for all women. So let me be very clear, in case you don't know, I am unapologetically black. So I talk black, I live black, the culture tell me I'm black. If I get stopped by the police, I'm black. We are black. And I am <laughs> very committed to healthy relationships in terms of humanity and definitely in my community. So please understand that wherever I am, we talk real and we talk race because so much of our culture impacts our relationships. So I'm putting everybody on notice. So no one is surprised about the level of real that you're going to get. Okay, (laughs) And so this is the first program that I'm opening up for women, for all women, because I think we can do amazing things together. But what we can't do is stay in denial. okay? And heal these toxic relationships. And that includes our relationships with with one another, because the reality is we heal in community. Mm. So I'm looking forward to seeing you in the relationship detox, baby, where we can love on each other for real. (laughs) <laughs> exactly authentic authentic, realness right there yes. I, yes I can't have it no other way and I know that was your concern Ursula. like is it still going to be real is it still it gotta be because this is part of my purpose see I stopped chasing people and penises so I can live my purpose and I'm very clear now about who I am and what I gotta do and can't can't and won't nobody take me out of that we got a hill for real.
0: We do. As if our life depended on it, literally. <laughs> <laughs> this was so good tonight. This I expected it. I expected it. We we powered and pushed through it and it was perfect. It really was. So um, everyone, thank you Candy for getting on the wait list. Everyone, thank you so much. Before I see people are on right now, if you have not subscribed to my channel, please follow that arrow on the bottom of the screen. Click subscribe. It's free. It's a Christmas gift to me. Come on. (laughs) Do it. Right. And to make it even more sweeter, for a Christmas gift, you can share it with at least two people that you know. That's Absolutely. all. I don't Do ask for it. much. I don't ask for much. Before we get out, let me see the, the last couple of comments.
1: Celeste said... <laughs> Not Celeste, this. ain't that real, though? Isn't that real, Celeste? I'm just saying. <laughs> Chasing the wrong things, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to live on purpose. <laughs> X and, and diplomas
0: and donuts. You so, <laughs> a lot of a lot of love. Thanks for the dope combo. It was fire right there, and of course, Candy joined the wait list.
1: Thank you so much. I am on vacation. This is my mama's house with Black Jesus over here, and so I'm grateful. <laughs> that we were able to still do this and I'm grateful for everyone that shows up and I'm just looking forward to us healing together because like I said, we healing community.
0: Yes, I love it. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you for joining me for the last episode of this year. I am definitely coming back in 2023. Um, guns blazing and cheers to healing. Sarita,
1: you have a good evening. I will, you too. I love you. You are one of my most favorite people. And I can't wait to see you.
0: Thank you, everybody. Take care, everyone. And Candy said tonight was beautiful. Thank you both so much.
1: Thank you, Candy. Thank you for being here the whole damn time. Showing love. And thank you, too, so much, Celeste. Like, they yeah. was here. I love it. Thank you, sisters, supporting sisters, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> and Sarita, guess what?
0: You are still a Black girl that has her shirt together.
1: Hey, hey.
2: We grow. <laughs> we the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem Supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting close to God, huh? crunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss, goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you. You bougie a savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.
0: Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.